Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. Today is going to be a bit of a different episode, but I'm really excited because I'm bringing on one of my really good friends and colleagues, Claudette Farrow. Claudette and I met when we were doing a master's in healthcare management abroad in London, and so we share that passion for healthcare. And today she's going to be sharing all about her most recent trip to Haiti and how that's changed her outlook on healthcare. So I guess we'll just start with, you can introduce yourself. We can obviously talk about how we met and that sort of a thing, but you can kind of share how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So my name is Claudia Farrow. I'm working for Medical Bridges at the moment. I am the marketing manager um, that just got back from Haiti. So I am here to um, share with you what I saw and how I feel at the moment and um, tell you a little bit more of my future plans. That's awesome. And so for people that are listening, to give kind of a backstory, Claudia and I met through a master's program that we did last year in London. So I think um, I, I think it's just going to be really cool to hear about what she's seen in Haiti and kind of what she's learned and um, just hear about how that, that might have changed her perspective on healthcare access. Yeah. So let me just compare what I live here in the States with what I saw in the UK to then what I experienced in Haiti. Um, here in the US, I there's an issue with health insurance, especially in Texas. Because we're so large and because we have majority Latino and Black population here, there's many health disparities that we experience. Um, we have one of the highest maternal mortality rates here in, in Texas. Um, so there is obviously need even in the U.S. We often don't think about it because we don't, but there is uh, there are many issues that go here or happen around here. Yeah. Um, and Whenever I started my healthcare career, um, I was working for a dental chain organization and I just witnessed the um, how they would take care of their patients. And um, it was mostly powered by the amount of money that they would make per person. Um, I saw fraud happening. And I, as soon as I figured that out, I, I wanted out um, and I wanted something different. So I found this perfect master's program and the only master's program that I applied for and put literally all my eggs into that one basket and it happened. And I went over there and I met you and during that program, I I manifested, you'd say, an internship, but I was just freaking out because I really wanted to be part of the NHS and um, experience that healthcare system. And so once I got in, I was really thankful. Um, and the project that I was working on as part of, of my thesis was clinical coding. So I was basically um, seeing how much money would come into the department through what the actions of the healthcare providers and how they would what they would do to their patients as, as far as taking care of them. Each little diagnosis or procedure that they perform has a code. And in their case, they weren't recording it. So they were losing money, a lot of money in certain departments. But while doing that, I um, learned how the NHS is financed and um, gave me a better understanding of how 
universal health care is a thing in different countries, something that we don't have here in the States. Um, and then comparing that to what I saw in Haiti, I mean, that's another other, like, that's a totally, completely different ballpark game. Hospitals are non-existent and when there is a hospital there is a lack of doctors healthcare providers and when there are doctors there are no supplies or equipment to um, mm -hmm. care for patients appropriately so many haitians are frustrated to, with the fact that they can't find care and it's a struggle it's a struggle out there and it's not only lack of or shortages of uh, healthcare providers but also power outages electricity how can you run an operating room when things are just going to shut off or maybe one day there isn't electricity it makes things complicated let's see <laughs> i'm just comparing it to um let's say having a child while i was in haiti i saw a baby being delivered and how the mom was sweating so much pushing out a child with no ac in the back <laughs> The windows were slightly open, so anyone that would walk by could clearly see what was going on. There's absolutely no privacy, and I thought, dear God, bless this woman and make this like be a really quick like delivery and for everything to go well, and it did. But it was impactful for me because the place that I work for right now, we actually provided that birthing bed and mm -hmm. we actually provided the baby warmer and we actually gave the gloves and we gave the gauze and everything there and we didn't do it alone i mean the organization that i'm part of medical bridges we basically recycle things that would otherwise be thrown away here in the u.s because mm -hmm. there is a thing wastefulness that happens here and in some eyes this might be waste for us but like for other people you can save a life so we provide these medical resources and we're able to um, bring life into this world and then also care for the people who are vulnerable. Like I saw one lady who came in knocked out like unconscious and she was being transported to the hospital in a moto taxi. Can you imagine <laughs> like in a little taxi with the road conditions super bumpy? I. I don't know. It was just wild. And she got rushed into the emergency room or emergency room. And um, a few hours later, I go in and she she's okay. She's like awake. She has like a smile on her face and just seeing her on the patient bed. I'm like, whoa, that patient bed would have been thrown away, but it's not. It's here and it's she's actually on it being cared for on it because of a of medical bridges and that mind blew my my head yeah and i'll bet that's like really impacted like the way that you see healthcare kind of from an international standpoint and i know that you have like quite an interest in that as well um even with your background um being peruvian and i think you've mentioned to me before kind of like the dental hygienics of what sort of care they have access to in Peru. Oh yeah, yeah, there's shortages of healthcare providers in developing countries everywhere. I just feel lucky to be part of an organization that is allowing doctors that are here in the U.S. that say a Peruvian-American doctor wants to help out their community in Peru, um, but how does he start? 
you know okay he's yeah. gonna take himself but like what about the equipment and supplies like okay he needs to buy them well it's gonna be a very expensive because you're buying it at market value but the things that we like procure they're all donated to us and so let's say he needs two boxes worth of gloves and needles and whatnot he would buy it at a less cheaper price than buying it at market value um so the return on investment on partnering with us is like it's great my next flights, my next traveling itinerary, I don't know, but if I were to go to a, a country that is in need of supplies, I would just call Medical Bridges and be like, hey, can I take two kits with me, two boxes, and I'll make a donation for the chip, the shipping costs and take two boxes with me and send them to a hospital just just because. Yeah. Um, just because I know about it. But I, if there are other people out there that want to travel and they want to like don't mind carrying a few things or doing or they want to help another healthcare system then just medical bridges would be a way to help but one thing with COVID that I've noticed and they say that infectious diseases have no borders or no boundaries it's true like whenever one of us gets sick we are all going to get sick like so it's important to have global health it's important to have strong healthcare systems all over the world yeah yeah i'll bet it's just also like a different type of appreciation for like healthcare because i know that like you and i have gone into the healthcare industry and like because we're passionate about healthcare but i think it's also it's been very different to come from like the u.s where it's a very negative perspective on healthcare just because of what it's like trying to access healthcare for a lot of people in the US. And then you go to places like the UK where they have a national healthcare system. And then you go to places like Haiti. And it's just, you were, I think you were mentioning to me the other week that people are just so appreciative for very, very simple things. And I just feel like that would not fly here at all in the US. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be shocked. Well, the thing is, people, people, people think that to help people, you need to have a lot of money. That's not true. Just by talking to someone, you're donating your time, you're donating, you're investing those feelings and making those connections with someone, and that might be of much value to that other person. Yeah. What was your question? <laughs> um, well, I guess kind of going off of that, like, based on your experiences since you've been able to go and see kind of what healthcare looks like in you know a different country i guess what are like your top learned experiences and like what are like tips that you would give or if there are people listening that are interested in healthcare they might be like you know in college and you know just trying to you know take a couple of classes in healthcare but they're not quite sure what they want to do i think like it's really important like you and i have always talked about being passionate and finding that passion in healthcare i don't think you and i would ever want to be in a job that's you know just for the money or just you know some for something that you don't believe in because I think we both really believe in advocacy and yeah so like for me for example I just always had an inkling for healthcare I thought that it was going to be something like oh I'm gonna become a doctor or a dentist but 
So it happened like that. And I ended up doing accounting. And then from there, I wanted to still become a doctor. And it didn't happen because I felt like, did I really want to invest eight years of my life to get to that point when I could just do it now? It's like you, whenever you have that calling in healthcare, I thought, what can I do to expedite this and cut through eight years and still fulfill like what I can envision for myself? So that master's program really helped me give that abroad, gave me um, that global perspective. So if you're someone interested in global health, that would be great because you can connect with people like from everywhere around the world. You know, our colleagues are from Malaysia. Yeah. Um, you're half Chinese. Like you, yeah. So I, I think if someone is interested in health, like continue doing what you're studying at the moment, but try to find a way to, to connect it. Mm. I mean, health is so diverse. If you find a way or if you have a will to get into it, you're going to do it. Like girl, to these two girls that are studying engineering at Notre Dame, I think they were studying chemical engineering, but one day they came to Medical Bridges for an internship and they were mind blown to see that, oh, wow, I'm an engineer, but I can work on medical devices to help people. So there's always way different routes and ways to get into healthcare. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have like any links in terms of like how people might be able, if they're interested in medical bridges or in similar types of opportunities? Um, yeah, so they can reach out to me. They can literally call me. I don't know if you want to provide my phone number. I don't care. But um, you can connect with medical bridges through Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. So check us out. We have a, a website, medicalbridges.org. And if you're ever, you know, once COVID is situation is getting better or during COVID and you want to be crazy like me and go to another country to explore and it's a developing country, then hit us up. We'll give you some <laughs> medical bridges boxes with supplies and you can help your nearest doctor in the local community to, to um, either bring life or save lives. Okay. And I'll include all of that stuff in the show notes in terms of how you can reach Claudette and as well as links to um, medical bridges, just social media. But other than that, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we um, wrap up? Just to be thankful for what you have and not to complain as much because there are people out there that don't have anything like electricity, water, and their life is really hard. Kids going up and down mountains to get to fetch water from the community water well and um, no money for medication if your child gets sick or just simply being able to wash your hands after going to the, to the toilet. Um, just things like there's someone out there having a totally different reality than you are so be mindful of that yeah Definitely. And be thankful for what you have. And that goes for me as well. But yeah, after experiencing Haiti, I think that that will just be engraved in me for life. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your experience. It sounds really awesome. And it sounds also just really inspiring. Yeah, I hope that this is just the beginning of my next adventure to somewhere else, whether that be Angola, which is a project that we're working for, or whether that be Venezuela which we're trying to ship supplies to and even though everyone tells me it's really really dangerous you know that makes me want to do it even more <laughs> so maybe just travel to these countries that all over and exposing realities and being involved in healthcare in that aspect would have been is nothing that I could have 
imagined, you know, going from wanting to be a doctor, a dentist, and then getting an accounting degree to now being in marketing. But when you have um, an inkling towards health and global health, you just kind of are flexible and you figure it out as you go. Yeah. Well, keep doing what you're doing and you will, I'm sure you'll achieve whatever you set your mind to. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Uh, of course. I can't wait to see what happens with running. What is it? Running in resiliency (laughs) and running. (laughs) Resiliency and running. Yes. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I'm just at Liz Newcomer. And then the podcast has an Instagram. It's at Resiliency and Running. Do hope you enjoyed it and found this to be informational or educational. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye.